0: It's not just time to get away, it's time to travel with Anita, from around the world to across Georgia. She covers it all. Let's Let's now, here's the host of Travel with Anita, Anita Thomas.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome aboard Travel with Anita and Friends. Now, today I'm going to share with you guys uh, one of my favorite cities to go to, and I have Doc Bill here with me. Yeah, Doc Bill's back on the show again. I have him here with me because he went with me to this great city, and I think we have convinced him that this city can be one of his favorites as well. And I'm talking about St. Augustine. It's filled with intriguing history, culture outdoor adventure and also some delicious cuisine which definitely got doc bill's attention which you know how much he loves the food and always fills us in with what's a good thing to have like the local dishes and things like that when we go places so doc bill welcome back to the show it's been a while since you're on
0: it was great to be here and it was great to um visit the city of St. Augustine. It's a great place to be, great place for history and adventure, and above all, a great place for food.
1: <laughs> well, we're going to get to the food much later in the show, but it is a really good place for food. I mean, St. Augustine is right there on the on the Florida coast, so there's lots of great seafood. But, you know, with it being on the Florida coast, it also has a very interesting History as well and for the historians that like to go like the history buffs. It's also great for our solo travelers Couples because we went with another couple. So it's really great for that um, Maybe taking along another couple with you and of course family. So really it's a great destination for everyone
0: Well, it is I mean the great thing about St. Augustine for me is when you walk into the city you're, Im- you're immersed in history You see a part of the United States actually so it's almost like you're in uh, a part of Spain Mm. Uh, and this is a great, great place to be. You've got the fort that's really neat. You've got the old cobblestone streets. You've got a part where you can walk into the city where it's uh, fairly modern in Another part you disappear and you're like at the part of the early 17th or 16th century.
1: <laughs> that's true. That's really true. I mean that historic center part of the city. Which is not too far from the hotel where we stayed and we'll talk about that a little bit as well i mean you're right there in the middle of great history right there in saint augustine but you just mentioned something that is really my top top thing whenever i'm in saint augustine i like to go to the castillo de san marcos which is a national monument but it's a fort that was built by the spanish to defend florida and the atlantic trade route and yes there were pirates that uh, sailed along those waterways and with that route being the, the, trade, the, the trade route between the Caribbean along the Atlantic, the fort was really an important part of commerce and privateers along those waterways around St. Augustine. It's a neat fort.
0: I mean, the entrance fee is a very uh, small amount to pay, but the neat thing about the fort is once you get into the fort, you can actually look out at the water, and you can see the fortification. You can see that if someone had that vantage point, they'd have control of that portion of the city. They'd have mm. a portion of really that part of the state so that's one of the neat things about the um about the fort you can walk in and find parts of the fort that are private but you can go in down into the deep parts of the fort and see a lot of the history it's well marked they have a lot of good uh, signs they also have a lot of good areas where you can see some of the old relics of the day the old cannonballs even mm. how they used to make cannonballs back then and that's kind of neat
1: well you're right about that i mean it is the oldest missionary fortification in the continental united states with More than 450 years of history. So you're right. I mean, there are lots of different exhibits in there and intriguing people that you can learn about. And, you know, you really get a chance to see that cross section between Spanish history and American history. And you can really immerse yourself in those exhibits and really spend a lot of time there. So when you're planning to go, you need to really decide to kind of put a big chunk of your time on that particular space because you don't want to miss anything.
0: Yeah, and like most forests, which it are, which it has, it has a moat. <laughs> Did you like that? Was that one of your favorite things? Well, that was neat. I mean, not many places have a moat. There's no water in the moat, but there is a moat. And that's kind of neat to see that in a fort these days.
1: Well, you get a sense, like you said. I mean, although there's no water, you get a sense of what that would have been like also, too. You know, with a the moat there and that being part of the defense of keeping people that they didn't want to come into the, the fort area as well. But you mentioned something else. I mean, they have uh, also a lot of the artillery there. You can take an artillery tour, and there are displays of that all around the Castaneda. So that definitely takes you back in time to the black cast iron weapons and cannons, those big guns. They're all right there. So you can go and take some pictures, too. You know, I know people like to take those photos and bring them back so everyone can see. But it's really, really great for that. I I found that intriguing just to see those things.
0: It is. they talk about the material they made the fort from, how it could withstand the cannonballs that hit it. And it's just kind of neat to see that. Also, um, when you're in the fort, you get a sense of what it must have been like back then, particularly during a siege, how people can move their belongings and save things. They even, I think at one point, even kept some of the animals in the moat when it didn't have any water in it at that time uh, for protection uh, when there was a siege or they're trying to deal with um, outsiders coming in from the waterways.
1: Well, you know, and for people who really, really want to know a lot more about it, you know, learn some of the history, a little bit about the people and the exhibits that are there, the National Park Rangers are there to share the history, and they're very, very open and welcoming to all of the guests who are coming through to explain and share some of that history with you. And you can just walk around on your own as well. I mean, you're free to do that and just take a look. Stop and take, uh, you know, time to read some of the exhibits because they do have, information there so you can read and learn again about that spanish and american history during the time that the fortress was active so those guided tours around the grounds going all inside the buildings i say a thumbs up for that one like i said it's it's the first thing i want to do when i go to st augustine
0: true 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 i would highly recommend that
1: yeah i I would too and it's open seven days a week so check for updates and protocols with all things that we're doing now with travel and during inclement weather just keep in mind that it is a fortress it is open so (laughs) if it is rainy weather on the day that you're planning to go just keep that in mind so take that umbrella or rain jacket of course depending on the temperature because it can also get pretty hot in in st augustine too
0: it's pretty neat i mean the other thing remembering your uh disney history with uh pirates of the caribbean uh the fountain of youth was um, sought after by Pausto Leon.
1: <laughs> well, I knew that you were going to pick up on that one, because we had to go to the Fountain of Youth, because you had to get some water to bring back, because I think some of your colleagues were, were wanting you to bring some water back for them, just in case it's not a mystical-type thing. It might have some uh, some real properties there to keep us young.
0: It does. I feel like <laughs> I can at least gain about 15 years by taking a few sips.
1: Well, did you? I mean, that was back in November when Who we went. I felt I did? <laughs> Well, hey, it's all about the feelings, but it is all about that mystical spring or like we're saying, maybe it's not so mystical and you got to go there and try the water with those mineral properties that might just be good for uh, keeping you healthy and young. I mean, you know, possibly I may have had something there. So take a sip and judge for yourself. <laughs> True. But there were some other things to do there at uh, the Fountain of Youth as well.
0: Well, it was a neat place to go. You know, you can read about the history of the Spanish Explorers. You can read about the history of some of the old, um, old uh, Spanish churches that were there as well.
1: Yeah, and it's like a living history there because they have quite a few exhibits that are uh, houses or things also too that the Native uh, Americans would have would have had structures there as well. So you can just go along and they have also some exhibits, some live exhibits of like the cannons being shot and things like that, that you can actually experience it. So it's a little bit like stepping back in time. I always love those living history type museums where you can go into, it feels like you're going into the history.
0: One of the uh, great places to be. They also have a lighthouse. A lot of places along the coast of the United States, from North Carolina all the way down to Florida, have lighthouses. And lighthouses are neat because they have histories associated with them. And they're just neat places to to see and to go
1: up in and take a look at the view. St. Augustine has a great, great, great lighthouse and a maritime museum all right there together. A beautiful setting there as well. So here's another one where you want to put aside a little bit of time so that you're not rushing through. Because you also want to take those 219 219 steps all the way up to the top so that you can get that amazing view because the lighthouse is 165 feet high. So once you get up there, you can you know really check out St. Augustine and the surrounding areas are really, really, really good, a good view of it. Also too, you want to go back down, head down to the beach to Anastasia State Park. And we're going to have to stop for a break in a minute, but when we come back, I really want to talk about that. Cause this is great for a lot of different things. But now, did you go up those 29, those uh, 219 steps? At I the looked, lighthouse?
0: I looked at people go up those 219 <laughs> steps at the lighthouse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I went inside and uh, took a couple of pictures so I could um, say that I know what the inside looks like. But I did not go up, it was pretty crowded that day. So it was a little, little crowded trying to get up those steps, but definitely, don't you guys be like us you all definitely uh take those steps up to the top and get those great pictures and this is travel with anita and frieza we'll be back in a few minutes talking about saint augustine florida here on travel with anita all these tourists could be kings during the day but not in saint augustine at night if going to the beach and having a fun time on the beach is your kind of thing i've got the spot for you welcome back to travel with anita and friends and i'm here with doc bill yes doc bill is back on the show with me it's good to have you back doc bill especially talking about a trip where we recently had a chance to go and had such a great time as well down to st augustine florida and it's not that far either
0: no, it's not. It's not that far. If you're in South Georgia, and it's not that far. If you're in North Georgia, particularly the Gainesville area or the Atlanta area, it's something mm. you can do in one day. Have a great time, crash in some of the uh, beautiful historic hotels and motels in that region, and at the end of, and at the end of a couple of days, come back.
1: Yeah. And then the last segment, we talked a little bit about two of our favorite places, going to the Castillo de San Marcos, uh, the fourth there, as well as going to the Fountain of Youth, checking out that water to see if it's mystical or if there's some truth to it. But we also had a chance to go to the beach and had some fun there. You can bike on the beach there. I love that.
0: Yeah, you know, the biking was fun. I mean, the, you, they have bikes available for you to bike. You can either go by land or you can go by sea. Um, but it's a neat place to go and enjoy that. You, the wind wasn't that strong. The beach had certain areas where the sand was not that compact. So you could find a port on the beach where the sand was fairly firm and ride your bike to your heart's hmm. content.
1: Yeah, that was really great. We're talking about Anastasia State Park, where you can go to the beach there. They also have kayaking. Now, it was a little rainy that day. We didn't go out on the kayaks, but um, you can definitely kayak there. I've done that in the past, kayaking right there from the beach, which is a lot of fun, going out, being out on the water, especially when it's calm. And biking, as we just mentioned, but also if you just want to stroll and check out some of the, you know, just the seashore, see what folks are doing and, you know, how they're spending the day or just being you know reflective just with yourself you can do that as well just taking a walk down the beach and of course if you're there with families it's great for building some sandcastles
0: it's also good birding is really good in that area there you see a lot of the coastal birds and birds that are migrating from the Florida back up to Georgia so it's kind of neat to take in all that and a lot of wildlife out there you can see sometimes dolphins in the surf yeah and again you know uh, it's a lot of activity out there in the water
1: Well, we also took some time to do some picnicking as well. So there are some picnic tables there that are perfect for just bringing a lunch, really making a full day, I would say of it, and then bringing something for, you know, for a picnic, stopping midday, having that picnic and then picking right back up. Because the other thing we didn't mention is you can just kind of, you know, put your towel on the beach and just relax and just do that as well that take a good. nap on the beach yeah. <laughs> so that is definitely another one that is high on both of our lists and we really enjoyed that bicycling because you can rent the bikes right there uh, it's really easy to you know get over to the you know to the shore and just ride along the shore and have a really nice day out there
0: you also have a golf cart rental too so if you want to rent a golf cart in that area there you can do that as well
1: yeah well golf carts are great as well too they're just, proves the accessibility of that particular beach in that state park. So we always want to, you know, point that out as well too, that, you know, don't hold back, you know, because you feel like you can't, you know, access things because it's quite accessible there. But now let's talk about another fun thing that we did, <laughs> and that was going to the alligator farm now what did you think about that that was it was
0: neat i mean it's a series of a of a gorgeous alligator farm they pretty much not just alligators it has a whole variety of reptiles yeah as well as um amphibians as well and as such and other usual animals around the world you can uh make this pretty much an all-day event by touring it seeing the light exhibits and the shows they have you can either see it by land or you can get on the zip line and see it by air
1: (laughs) that's true it does have a ropes course now, the couple that was with us did the full ropes course, and it is really about stretching your adventure with that. I mean, literally, you are stepping across some pretty wide spaces there and walking on boards and ropes and kind of tie yourself in and out. But that seems like that would be a really, really great way also, though, to see the alligator farm.
0: Well, it is. I mean, you literally you with the zip line go over the alligator exhibits. You know, I mm-hmm. just. Don't want to become part of the gator food chain, but no, it's pretty safe. And that's not an it is issue, safe, but you yeah. you are literally in areas going across the gator pits.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're just kind of gliding across. But I'm thinking that the gator's probably a little accustomed to that, so they're probably not looking up for their food. <laughs>
0: Probably
1: not. (laughs) They're not looking up to see what may be going across. But speaking of looking up, I mean, there were also some very interesting birds there, too. And uh, as you mentioned, you know, some of the reptiles and things like that. But it's really very fascinating. And what I found interesting, too, was to see how many families were there. So the alligator farm, I would say, is definitely if you're traveling with a family, that's one you want to put high on your list because you could spend the whole day there uh, just checking out things. And it's a great educational experience also, too, for young kids to learn about animals, see them in... Somewhat of a national, a natural habitat there as well, uh, in the in the farm.
0: Apparently, yeah. a few like alligators, it's not just alligators. It's alligators and crocodiles.
1: Yeah, and crocodiles. I mean,
0: are... Of all the alligators, crocodiles, and caimans around the world, they have one of every, particularly every species out there in the world. Uh, they have an area of Nile crocodiles. They have an area of the uh, famous uh, Australian crocodiles. Uh, they have uh, American um, alligators, uh, caiman, and crocodiles in South America. Literally. You can see an alligator <laughs> from all parts of the world, from very small to very large. And you know, they have a lot of live models, so you can actually measure yourself and get on the models and stuff, and 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 play with them and wrestle with them. The kids will love that part. And they have a lot of yeah. birds in that area. And with reptiles, they even have uh, some komodo dragons. Um, they have a komodo dragon exhibit with live komodo dragons. So there's a tremendous amount of um, animals in this place to see. It's 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 pretty unusual.
1: Well, you know, you did mention that there is one that you can kind of get, you know, get down on the ground with, but just so everyone knows that that's, that's not a real one. And I think you have a picture somewhere in your collection of pictures of me on that, on that gator. So I might post that, I, I might post that on the, on the website so people can see it. That was kind of fun to take those pictures, but it was, you know, it was kind of interesting to just imagine, you know, how large they are. If for some reason you did have to tangle with what? I mean, they're pretty big. <laughs> it is.
0: You can be there at certain times of the day. You can check really when their schedules are, and they do feedings, mm-hmm. and then they have a lot of shows. They have speakers and experts in those different um, aspects of the um, alligator and crocodiles giving great information and actually doing live shows and talking about them.
1: Yeah. Like I mentioned, I mean, it's such a great educational uh, type experience for, for kids to learn about all of the animals and reptiles and everything, and just in their natural habitat because they really have it set up so that it really feels like you're Looking at them in their natural habitat, so really great for that. But now, one of the things that I love, Doc Bill, is sunsets. I mean, you know that. I'm sure people who follow me on Instagram, on uh, Anita and Friends on, on Instagram, see all of my sunset pictures. So, if someone says, you know, let's go on a sunset sail or sunset cruise. I'm going to have my hand raised on that one. What about you? It was great because you know you had
0: you had nice champagne or wine to drink on the cruise. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, that's always good, too. But, you know, it's nothing better than being out on the water, and especially a city like St. Augustine, because you really get a chance to see the cityscape from the water, and it's so beautiful. And we happened to be there around the time when it was just starting, you know, with all of the Christmas decorations and things going up as well, so you could really see the lights from the, you know, from the water. But it's also, you know, a pirate ship that we were on, which is pretty cool, the Schooner Freedom.
0: Yeah, it's a great boat but it's, you know it's a tall ship. So I mean you got I mean at a certain point we had enough wind and we didn't have that much time, but enough points where they could put the sail up and catch a little bit of the wind but if you go there during certain parts of the you know the year and the wind's right uh, you know you're on a schooner. And yeah. that's, that's kind of neat to be on a schooner like that on the water. So not smoother ride.
1: Yeah, it was it was a really really nice evening. We we got a really nice sunset too. So we'll put some of those pictures on the website. So it was a great evening for having that champagne, just sailing around, taking it taking it easy. And we met some of the other. Uh, people that were on the boat with us and had a chance to chat with them and find out some of the places they were from. Someone was there celebrating a birthday that was sitting nearby us. And then the other couple that we were there with, it was just fun to be out on the water with them. It was the first time we'd done that. And then to look over a city with so much history, I felt a couple of times, you know, that I could get a sense of what it would have been like, you know, as as the pirates and the sailors were coming into, into the city. You really got a chance to see that. And that was the schooner freedom that gives you that sunset that sunset sale that's true so would you do that again would you recommend that i
0: would recommend people definitely to do that i mean it's not often you get on a, a particularly a schooner that size and that's kind of neat
1: yeah it was really really great now if you want to check out some of these things that we we're talking about definitely check out the website FloridaHistoricCoast.com. You can start planning your trip there as well. But now today's show is brought to you by the Sapelo Island Birdhouses. Um, not like birdhouse birdhouses. These are birdhouses for people. They're for people. There's a
0: birdhouse for every budget
1: so you'll find something (laughs) that will work for you you'll find something that will work for you you have you have that beach that you can go and stroll on as well so check out their website at com. we're not done with saint augustine i have so much more to say because we were there for several days and got a chance to see a lot so you guys sit tight we'll be back here on travel with anita and (music) friend history buff and like to go and check out the museums in the city. Well, if you're like me, that's my way of learning a lot, not only about the city, but about maybe the way that we lived back in the past. Welcome back to Travel with Anita and Friends. And today I'm here with Doc Bill. He's back on the show and we're talking about the historic city of St. Augustine, Florida. Now, if you have not been to St. Augustine, you definitely need to move it high up on your list or put it on your list if you don't have it there. If it's on your list, you got to move it up because it really is a city that has so much to offer for couples, for so travel, family travel, you know, whatever, it doesn't really matter because there's something there for everybody, Doc Bill. We talked earlier about the 4th that's there. We talked about the Fountain of Youth. You can go there and see different exhibits that really give you a sense of the Spanish history in that area and really what life would have been like in that time. But one of the good things also, too, about St. Augustine is that it still has very much a historic center uh, right there in the center of, of the city.
0: It does. I mean, you have these old buildings. You can definitely see the Spanish style and the Spanish type architecture, the roofs of the building, the brickwork. That's just incredible.
1: It really is. I mean, the historic center there is an easy walk around the city. It's the city center where Spanish architecture, like you just mentioned, you mentioned earlier the cobblestone streets and Wooden buildings take you back in time and you can stop and read some of the placards on the buildings to get an idea of what it's all about. Maybe historically some of the things that took place there and take some tours in all of those. But also what was really cool about this and walking around was that there was so much to see and do around history. But you still felt as though you were in the modern city as well. So it's a nice mixture of both of those. It is.
0: You have the Liker Museum, which is an incredible place, again, with the architecture, Mm -hmm. uh, which is neat to look at. There there are brew pubs. There's also a a rum distillery, uh, which is easy to get to. And then you can either walk around the city and they have this great... you know, trolley system to get you around.
1: (laughs) Well, yes, I love that tram system because you can hop on and hop off and it stops really everywhere. So you don't have to worry about missing a stop. You can just stay on and ride back around. Or you can just, you know, hop off exactly wherever you want to go. You can plan it all out. But many things are within walking distance also. So you can do that as well. You don't have to just solely, you know, depend on on the trolley. You can also just walk around. But the hop on, hop off trolley, you know, has a couple of different stops. And one of the stops was very near the hotel where we stayed. So they're all around and you won't miss anything uh, if you do the hop on, hop off trolley. Now, St. Augustine also, too, uh, Doc Bill, has some echo tours because we also went out on the water with one of those. And we could see spectacular views of the cityscape and look back over, and especially when we were sailing by the fort. It was really kind of cool to look over and see that.
0: Yeah, the ecotaurus were neat. You can basically uh, see various species of birds. Uh, you get some activity. Again, the dolphin activity in the water. And if you're lucky, you might even see a manatee down there. <laughs>
1: Well, it was great to learn about just all of the sustainable projects and initiatives also in the area, too. So you can see that, you know, they are paying attention to that and really looking at how they can preserve things so that not only we have a nice time, you know, visiting St. Augustine, but people in the future will have a great time to do that as well. But now you mentioned manatees and dolphins, so... You know you can definitely see those out in the wild which is always a treat like you mentioned if you do get a chance to see that but florida's coast is known for a lot of great cuisine and a lot of that is because of what you know what's in the oceans there yeah
0: you've got fishing and fishing you also you have shrimp you have the, you have just great shellfish you have great fish uh you know there's also crabs and um the rest seafood restaurants really get good quality stuff and and they're very budget friendly so you can find uh things uh, that are really uh, fresh. You can find great shrimp. They even had um, whole belly clams that were brought in from uh, fresh from New England. So there's a lot of issue, things there that you can find. And again, every budget, you can you know you can go and spend. a meal, or you can go and spend $50 a meal.
1: Well, you know, that takes me back also to to the historic center, the city center, because when you walk around, there are all the little ice cream shops. There are places where you can stop and have a very inexpensive meal that will fit within that budget. Uh, There are like chocolate places, um, ice cream places, as I just mentioned, ice cream places, ice cream places. I think I had two ice cream cones (laughs) (laughs) in one day while I was there. The ice cream was so good. It's perfect on a hot day. So there are lots of things that you can do. But all of this touring, exploring, and adventure, and tasty meals all around around the city means also, too, that you want a comfy place to rest in the evening. And we had a chance to stay at the St. George Inn, located in the heart of the historic district. And those oversized rooms are all set up for relaxation and really getting you that well-deserved rest that you really need after jumping on and off the hop, hop on, hop off uh, trolleys and walking around the city. You got it ready for for a little bit of rest. Uh, what did you think of the hotel there? I well, thought the were, rooms were great. They were
0: great. I mean, the, the uh, entrances were neat. You had old staircases you went up to, but the rooms were really huge and they were very luxurious. Uh, great bathrooms. And again, um, if you want to just bring your lunch and eat your lunch or your dinner in your room, it's very comfortable. There's tables there to do it. The other thing that was really quite nice was um, you have microwave. You have things there to you know, heat your meal up. You have, a, you have a refrigerator there to store your meal um, or to store whatever goodies you have you want to eat over the next few days.
1: Yeah, that's true, that's true. And with uh, breakfast, you just go right downstairs and you can have breakfast right in a courtyard, which I really loved starting the day that way. It was just as the people were starting to move around a little bit, so it wasn't too crowded in the courtyard. But it's a great way to start your day just with a cup of coffee, some breakfast there that they bring out, and the tram stops right around the block from your, from your room. So there are many spots for, for you to do those kind of things. And also too, right there at the St. George Inn, they have what was, what's called the Ben 39 Wine Bar that's located in the lobby of the St. George Inn. And that's great for in the, in the evenings to just stop and have a glass of wine before you go out for dinner or in the evening activities that you're planning to do. It Kind of sets the tone for your night's dinner or your night evening. Whatever it is that you're planning to do, you can kind of take that slow, kind of smooth ease into the evening uh, with a glass of wine there.
0: That's true. Also, you've got good Wi-Fi there, so you can sit up there with your iPad or whatever device you have to get your morning news of the day, plan your day out, uh, look at some of the sites before you go and visit those places.
1: Well, you know, you bring up a good point because, you know, nowadays everybody... Is on you know their either their iPads, their iPhones, or their you know whatever their devices are, they're on them. So you definitely want to have that Wi-Fi, and the Wi-Fi was good in the room as well as sitting out in that you know patio courtyard area uh, where you would have breakfast or where you're having wine and things like that. So it's great for that. It's if you are working while you're there, you don't have to worry about you know Wi-Fi. And then of course if you are traveling with family, there's enough Wi-Fi for everybody to have you know to have what they need. Now there was also parking that was pretty convenient you walk across uh, an area there but the parking is included so you got a little tap so you can go in and out of the parking garage so that was good as well
0: it is and again you're close to the tram so you can go in there's a lot <laughs> of ways of getting around you can you walk by feet you can take the tram or you can even uh, uh rent a bike
1: Yep, rent a bike. Or you can go get your car out of the parking garage. It's very easy. You know, the in and out parking there uh, that you can do. And um, you know, you might see some activities and things going on too. You know, If there's some festivals and things going on, it's in the right spot to to get a first-hand view of some of those things that are going on. So if you want to check that out, it's the stgeorgeinn.com and that's the perfect place. I highly recommend it. I've stayed there twice on visits. So it's definitely the spot for me when I'm going to St. Augustine is to have a stay there at the St. George Inn. Perfect spot. Now, Doc Bill, we're going to have to stop here and take a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about food. Now, that's your favorite thing. I mean, there's some local specials that, you know, that are down in that area.
0: Well, there are. I mean, it's known for its, uh, it's uh, great cuisine. A lot of it has Spanish influence, uh, but again, it's done in that lo- great local flair. It was a lot spice, a lot very good and spicy dishes.
1: Yeah, a lot of spicy dishes, and there's something for everyone. So if someone says, well, you know, I can't eat seafood, I'm allergic. I mean, there's also pork and beef and chicken and things like that, too. And, of course, veggies and any kind of dietary needs. I mean, there's no problem with that, you know, with the restaurants there. There's a lot to choose from. And when we come back, we'll share some of our favorites ones that we had a chance to check out. But there are lots and lots of restaurants there. I mean, cuisine, no problem there on the Florida coast. Right there in St. Augustine. So today's show is brought to you by the Sapelo Island Birdhouses, and again, you know, that's another place too where you can go and have a low country ball. There's you know all kinds of food there too, and all kinds of things that you can have right there in Sapelo as well. That's yeah, true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And while you're staying at the birdhouses, you can also look out at the ocean and take a you know just take in that whole scenery as well. Check out their website at SapeloIslandBirdhouses.com. So we'll stop here, take a break, and when we come back. I'm going to check out all of that cuisine down in St. Augustine here on Travel with Anita and Friends. Mother, mother
0: ocean,
1: I have heard you call.
0: Wanted to sail upon your waters since I was three feet tall, you see.
1: favorite things to do when traveling is checking out the local cuisine. It tells you a lot about the traditions and the culture in the destination you are visiting. Welcome back to Travel with Anita and Friends. And on today's show, I'm talking about St. Augustine. And now I'm going to talk about the cuisine. But I can't do that without bringing in Doc Bill, i always say is my food specialist i mean he's the one that i turn to when i'm traveling and i'll say well Doug, bill where should i have dinner or where should i have lunch you know can you recommend a place because he's always on top of the trending places or just even what the local cuisine that you should try in a destination so doc bill let's talk food now for st augustine because we've already talked a little bit about some of the things that you can find like shrimp and crabs and things like that but let's just talk about it you know because there's seafood there's fish and north florida i mean they also have great farms for vegetables as well so there's all kinds of cuisine there
0: well there are and when you go to uh, meet great seafood the first place to go is to the water One of the places we went to was um, known as the St. Augustine Fish Camp. It's right on the water. You've got great views, but more importantly, you've got great food. Uh, They have arrangements with some of the local uh, fishermen and they get right. They get good uh, shrimp in, they get good crab, they get good fish. And again, you have some of the best local fish there from grouper to you can find mahi-mahi to you also can find flounder. And these are fish done in a variety of ways. They're also known if you want your fish a bit more easy. They have sandwiches, great poor boy sandwiches that they mm-hmm. have, and they have a lot of good stews and even have octopus. And they have a lot of good vegetables and fish done simply with very little fuss, but very, very fresh, and that's what you want. And above all, when you're in St. Augustine, uh, there are a lot of oysters. And you can <laughs> have a lot of oysters, either fried oysters and my favorite raw oysters, or even grilled and steamed oysters. So there's yeah. a lot of way to have oysters.
1: And you mentioned boys. I mean, an oyster boy would definitely be tasty
0: it is. You know, oster poor boy. And again, if you don't say, I don't want to eat seafood, you know, you can get a, you can get a, a poor boy made with beef. You get a poor boy made with chicken. So there's a lot of things out there. A lot of good high quality um, steaks and seafood out there. Uh, there's a place called a chop shop, which butchers and gets high end meat. And a lot of, and these places here actually sell their high end cuts and sausages and stuff to a lot of the local restaurants. Mm. So you can get very, very good quality um, meat products um, within the city that are um, locally sourced.
1: Oh, yeah. I think we brought some of those back, so you can even do that as well. Right. And that's one of the great things about if you're doing a road trip and you're driving, just take your cooler with you because you may want to bring some of this fresh seafood back that you can't get at home. You can bring it back in a cooler and also to some of the different meats as well. But now, what I also liked about the St. Augustine Fish Camp is, like you said, I mean, if you don't want the seafood and that type of thing, they even have some Southern traditional things like fried chicken that you can get there, too. I mean, really, everything on the menu said yum, in my opinion. I mean I was ready for to try a little bit of everything
0: very very good I mean it's known uh, for its chowder and they make a clam chowder there called the St Augustine Menorcan chowder it's a great great recipe made with um, special uh, peppers that were grown in that area they were actually brought over by the Spanish to that region there and um, it's a great it's a it's, it's a great chowder it's a red chowder it's not like the creamy New England on white chowder this chowder is made in a red sauce
1: yeah, we heard a lot about those peppers. So I think a lot of foods probably use that. But that chowder sounds really, really good. Next time I'll have to try that.
0: Yeah, I mean they have a particular pepper called a Daito pepper. That's D-A-T-I-L. And this pepper is uh, it's not it's hot, but not too hot, and has a unique flavor. And it's it is used in a lot of the cooking down in that region there.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, we also had a chance to go to uh, and have dinner at Catch 27. Now, that is one of my favorite restaurants. One thing I like about it is just the setting. And we had a chance to eat out on the patio in the evening. And that was just a nice atmosphere because you're sitting out really under the moonlight. And it's just a great, great evening. It's one of those places where you like long conversations over a delicious dinner. And what was on that menu that I really like was the Devil Egg BLT, with southern fried oysters. You remember that? Remember that, that. Was that was so a, good.
0: That was a neat dish. And um, that's a to top of double egg with a fried oyster. Um, you know, it's hard to beat that.
1: <laughs> Definitely hard to beat that. And that's supposed to be a shareable appetizer. But I can tell you guys that you may want to have one of your own, because that one was very hard to share.
0: <laughs> it's good. And they did a lot of dishes with stuffed dates and goat cheese. And that's so, I mean, it's it's really neat. I mean, so they the restaurants really do their best to give the chefs in the area free range to utilize the local ingredients to make a cuisine that's actually almost, you know, harkens to that particular region. So I would highly suggest that. Food is fresh and it's good. And, and a lot of these restaurants also do to go. So if you get there and you say, I'm not quite hungry yet, or I wanna go, you can get a meal to go and have that for brunch or breakfast.
1: Uh, absolutely. They, they also had uh, a salmon toaster there. I'm a big salmon lover. I love, love, love salmon. And they had salmon toast. And I say say yes to things like that as well. I mean, you can try some of the things that you get at home. Because a lot of times when we travel, we'll say, well, I want to try something different than what I have at home. But, but the restaurants are doing it differently, uh, maybe with some of the local kind of touch to it. So I say go for you know some of your favorite things that you like at home and try them differently you know, when you're there in, a, in another destination. Now, we had a chance to go to the urban asado. Now it's a pop-up restaurant featuring some of Florida's finest chefs as they come together and do this whole grill thing. It's like a collaboration of chefs preparing a grill menu where everything pretty much is grilled, even the desserts were cooked on the grill.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, Argentinian asado grill. It's they're simple grills, but yet they can be, but some can become quite complex. It is basically taking meat, rolling it over a variety of open wood and coals. And um, there's a variety of asada grills that they have there, and they have the best chefs who develop this. And the meats are, again, these are high-end quality meats. Some of them they marinate. They even make their own sausage. There's a particular type of cheeses that they use, and even grill the cheeses. And it's an experience because uh, it's outdoors. And this started as pop-ups, but now it's become a main feature. And people go there for this event. So if it's a cold night, uh, they have uh, wood fires around to keep you warm. And then they have the—you can also smell when you walk in there—the aroma is coming off the grill with the variety of meats as well as salads and stuff that's done there. And again, it's really, really neat. And if you are interested, and if you're a person who's like grilling like me, and you say these grills are neat, you can even order and buy buy the grills. <laughs> so they have grills for each budget they have grills that you can spend as much as 300 dollars for and they have grills that you can spend thousands of dollars for mm. and they can they can cook small cuts of meat and they can also cook size of beef so it's a whole variety of things there and the techniques um it's really really neat to do and ch- check out some of the pictures on the website
1: yeah we'll put some of the pictures on the website too because um when you look at that i mean it really does when you see the pictures you will say When I go, I really want to experience that because you can tell that this is going to be a unique experience, a -a one-of-a-kind type dinner, a very memorable, unforgettable type evening is what you'll have because so much of, of the experience is the food cooking uh the atmosphere around as you mentioned you know the big you know the big bonfire kind of feel of everything too because you have some other fires around if it's cold out and just other people too you have your own table uh you bring your own wine and everything there so it's another one of those places too where you can have those long conversations over dinner and come with friends and just have a great experience
0: the the meat is seasoned well they have their own variety of the chimichurri sauce that they use uh again given the local flair again the sausages are homemade they make their own sausages and cure them and it's a really good experience and it's it's a, it's a meal that's served in stages so they start off with appetizers salads move on to the main courses and then they end with the dessert so it's the whole experience when you get there you get the whole experience the whole meal and you leave full
1: Oh, you're definitely full. I mean, I, I was actually wanting some more because it was so tasty. Because like I said, I mean, it's a very unique experience to really have something that's co- cooked on, on an open fire like that. Because it's not just your regular grill where you, you know, kind of have a small little fire there. They have some big roaring fires going.
0: <laughs> yeah, they do. And again, it's bring your own bottle. So, um, you know, you bring your own wine and, um, and enjoy the meal.
1: And just to watch the chefs also too, you know just watch them you know cooking and preparing and how they handle the grill and you know how they you know just handle cooking everything on the grill and flipping it over and plating it up and all of that it's all right there for you to see so that is definitely part of part of the experience is to have a chance to see that
0: I think that's definitely worth repeating that's definitely a uh, top-notch food experience to me it was one of the highlights of the food events um, if you can find a highlight because were, all the food was great.
1: That's true, that's true. E- everything was good. I mean, there were so many great things and memorable things about each of the places where we had a meal and not just only dinner. I mean, we are kind of highlighting dinner, but you know, the breakfast that we had at the St. George Inn was good. I mean, it was very, you know, I had a ham and cheese uh, grill sandwich every morning for breakfast, which was great with just a cup of coffee and some orange juice. It was just a simple breakfast to get you going. I mean, lunch, so it's just good food all throughout the day. I mean, we're highlighting some things you can do for dinner cuz I know a lot of times when you travel dinner is that special meal that you really want to go out and do something special uh, and memorable for you know for dinner. Now, if you're ready to start planning your trip, the website to check out is Florida historiccoast.com you can start planning your own st augustine getaway there and it's a lot more information you can see pictures there you can see information that will help you plan the perfect trip for you and your family or you and another couple or or you and your special person however you're going and traveling there and it's easy to get to road trip or you can fly into you know to the area as well so all of that information you can find it on FloridahistoricCoast.com. Start planning your getaway to St. Augustine. We'll be back in two weeks with another great destination here on Travel with Anita and friends. Bye-bye. Oh, I want to get away.